Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. (laughs) I love you, Lyndon. (laughs) Hey, uh, just a reminder. Next weekend is Father's Day. Oh, some of you are like, really? That's coming up already? Um, I, I tell you about that because here at Lighthouse, we like to celebrate men and women. So Mother's Day is a big party for us. And then uh, Father's Day, we do not disappoint as well. So we will have grilled steak and brats and a root beer or, I don't know, some kind of root beer. Anyway, so uh, it's sure to be a great time for guys. So if you have a... A guy in your life you've been wanting to invite to church, this is the one service he should come to of the whole year. So make sure you invite your neighbors, your relatives, and of course your dad. Invite your dad to come uh, next Sunday. Now, I want to start out today's message by telling you uh, a story from a mission trip that I took. This was back in 2013, and we took a team of people down to... Haiti to build houses because they had an earthquake earlier, um, a few years earlier. And so we were building houses for those who were displaced by the earthquake. And then we also were distributing food. And uh, on one of those days, uh, we, we got into this big cargo truck. I actually have a picture of it. You can put that up. And we were driving out into a neighboring village And we opened up those big gated doors, and we had these boxes of food to hand out to the families. So they started lining up, and here's a picture of us just handing out the food. You know, they would come up one at a time, and we would go ahead and uh, hand out this big box of food to them, and they would leave. Well, the line started getting longer and longer. Here's a picture of the line. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And so what happened as the truck started to empty out, there started to be some shoving and pushing and yelling and arguing. And pretty soon there was some fighting that was happening in that line. And uh, the, the missionaries that we were supporting told us, get in the truck now uh, before this turns into a really disastrous situation because we were kind of all just standing around there. And so we all just jumped back into the truck. They, they locked the doors and we drove off. Um, and the, the sad thing about this story was we still had boxes of food in our truck. And so those people who were pushing and yelling and cutting and fighting, they didn't get anything. They didn't get anything. Their approach affected their outcome, right? If they had just stayed in line, if they had just been quiet and just walked through it, they probably would have gotten some food. We would have found a way to make that happen. But as it was, we had to drive away with food still in the truck. Guys, our approach in life matters, right? Our approach matters. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, another story, my, my dad is a construction worker. He's still a construction worker. And uh, I grew up doing sports, and he was this tough guy. And, you know, he's always telling us what to do. He was my coach, yelling at us, telling us what to do. 
And, uh, and that's how I knew my dad, just kind of this tough hunter, sports, construction guy. But I remember when I was pretty young that he got pulled over by a, uh, a police car, and the police officer came up to the window, and my dad became a totally different person. <laughs> he said, he looked out the window, he said, I'm sorry, officer, was I speeding? What can I do for you, sir? I mean, I, I've never heard my dad use the word sir before. But he became incredibly respectful to this police officer. And, and I watched it a, a couple of times. It's not like my dad got pulled over all the time, but you know, when he did. And, um, and he got a warning more often than he got a ticket. And I would say that his approach matters, right? Now, my mom had a different approach. She just burst into tears. I don't think she ever got a ticket. Um, her approach worked as well. I've tried that one. It doesn't work out for me as, quite as much. The other day, uh, I was at lunch, and the, the, we, we were just sitting there. I was with another friend from the church. We were just sitting there, and uh, it's like they, they, they didn't realize we were there. You ever been there when you would go out to a restaurant, and, and everybody's getting waited on and stuff happening except for, like, you? Like, I'm just sitting here. Somebody's not seeing this, what's going on. And, and I was talking to my friend. I said, just, we're all right. We'll just wait. We're, we're here to talk anyway. So I don't know, 10, 15 minutes went by, and they finally came and, and waited on us. But it reminded me of this account that I had read from a former waitress named Leanne. Leanne. So read this. One day, another waiter was picking up a customer's plate of food from the pass-through and picked up a slice of garlic bread as it was customary to include one with each entree. Somewhere between picking it up and placing it on the customer's plate, it slipped out of his hand and landed face down on the grimy floor. He picked it up, brushed off the debris, even picked off a hair, and placed it back on the customer's plate. I was watching this entire thing go down, and when he saw me watch in horror, he simply said to the effect, what they don't know won't hurt them. Be nice to your waiters and waitresses <laughs> at the very beginning, all right? Because they have all kinds of things that could be happening back behind the door, right? And so I believe that our approach might change our outcome when it comes to going out to eat. So be nice is just my, my sense. Not just at tip time, but... Right up front, right up front. Our approach matters. So we know this, but, um, but it also happens in our spiritual walk as well. Now, as we follow Jesus, as we follow God, our approach matters. There's a scripture I'm reminded of in Galatians 6, 7, which says, which says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. And how we approach others will come back to us. I believe that. It will come back to us. So for today's message, I do have a question for us to consider. When we go to God, does our approach matter? I want you to think about that. When we go to God, does our approach matter? It matters in life. We can see that. But does it matter with God? Well, I would say it does. And I would say it does quite a bit. And if it does, then we should probably 
research and figure out and find out what approach is best to use when going to our Heavenly Father. Now, the good news is that God's Son, Jesus, came down here on earth, and he, he taught us many things. But one of the things he taught us in our scripture we're going to read today is some insight on how to approach our Heavenly Father. Now, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew chapter 7. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Um, and we're going to study and find out what Jesus says about how to approach Almighty God. Uh, so, just kind of put your thumb in on that scripture. Um, we are continuing our series for the summer called Counterculture, the sermon that changed everything. It's We're studying Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, Jesus teaches us the basics of Christianity. And it was counterculture to the norm of that day, to the religious teachers for sure, but even to the culture around them. It was very, very counterculture. And I, would, and I believe that this teaching applies to us today. And again, it's, it can be very counterculture. Um, now, last week, we started out with a message called Blessed, Finding Favor with Our Heavenly Father. Uh, it was a message on the Beatitudes, so if you missed it, I would encourage you to watch that online. But in today's scripture, Jesus, Jesus gives us some insights on how to approach God. And I believe this approach was very different than the religious leaders of that day. All right, so Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Verse 11 states that God wants to give us good gifts. But I do believe that our approach to God matters. And we're going to learn from the scripture today. Um, let me pray, and I'll give you three points that you can fill in on your handout. So God, we come to you and thank you for your word that is true. And Jesus, we thank you for coming to earth to live as a man, to give us an example of what it means to be a human here on earth, um, but also to, to teach us. And so I thank you for your words that were spoken and recorded so that we can learn thousands of years later. Holy Spirit, come and minister to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would give me your words to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. The message title is Ask, Seek, and Knock, Our Approach Matters. All right, we can all receive more good gifts from God when we, number one, remember who is in charge. Let's just remember who is in charge. Verse 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. It says to ask and it will be given. Asking is quite a bit different than demanding. Isn't that right? Let me give you uh, an example of this. When I um, was dating Rose, we are, you know, we're already just talking about our relationship today. Um, but... Back in 2004, uh, we were dating, and I decided I wanted to give her a good gift for Christmas, so 
Plus, I kind of wanted to go to the Rose Bowl because Michigan was playing. So I bought her tickets to the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena and to the Rose Bowl parade. And we went out there on New Year's Day, and we went to the parade in the morning, and then we went to the game in the afternoon. And Michigan was winning when we left, so I like to think that they won, though they didn't, but they were winning when we left. And uh, we went out to a really nice um, restaurant on the Santa Cruz, right by the Santa Cruz boardwalk, right on the beach there. And then we went down to the, to the beach after dinner, and I... And I got down on one knee, and I popped out this ring, and I looked up into her eyes, and the moonlight and the Ferris wheels in the background, the moonlight's coming down, and I looked at her and I said, I demand that you marry me. (laughs) Actually, no, I asked her to marry me, and she said yes, that was a good thing. If I had demanded that she marry me, things might have turned out a little bit different, right? I can't do that. Even if I thought she would say yes, we don't demand people to do things, right? Asking, when we ask, that's giving them the opportunity to make the decision. We're letting them know that it, it's their decision, that they are in control, that they're in power. Does that make sense? It's, it's our humility at that point is what happens, I mean, we share that humility, we show that humility when we ask of others instead of demanding. So when it comes to God, we should never demand that God do anything. Right? We should never demand. He's the God of the universe. He's in charge. The scripture says to ask. We are supposed to ask humbly submit our requests to God Almighty. Now, the good news is that the Scripture says that when we ask, he he gives us good gifts. He wants to give his children good gifts. Verse 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Our Father in heaven wants to give us good gifts. But our approach should be one of humility, not of demanding or stating that we deserve anything. There's a story in the Bible of a Pharisee who goes to the temple to pray, as well as a tax collector. And the the Pharisee starts out his prayer just by reminding God of how righteous he is. It doesn't finish the prayer, but it, there's an expectation that, that he is just stating this so that I'm such a righteous person, God, you owe me my requests. Whereas the tax collector never had that thought at all, just said, forgive me, I'm a sinner. There was a lot of humility, a lot of humility in that request. That's how we're supposed to approach God, in humility, but make our requests known to him, make our requests known to him. Now, we're talking about God and how we approach God is is with humility and with asking. When it comes to the devil, our enemy, it's very different. We don't ask the devil to do anything. Right? I mean, we don't, oh, Satan, I'm having a bad day. Would you please just leave me alone? 
No. His answer is going to be no. If you're going to ask me, I'm not going to do anything you want me to do. That's what the devil's response is going to be. So what should it be when we approach the devil? We should be demanding. <laughs> we should tell the devil where to go. Now, why is that? So with God, we, we recognize that God is in control. He is in power of everything. And so we ask, we submit to him, and we ask in humility. But when it comes to the devil, God is still in control over the, the enemy as well. And in fact, when we become children of God, the Spirit of God lives within us. And so then we have that authority. 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The Spirit of God within us is greater than the devil. And so we get to tell the devil what to do. We don't ask him to do anything. We just tell him. And when we tell him, guess what he does? He does it. He doesn't really have a choice. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I like the order of that. Submit yourself to God first, right? I mean, that's the whole idea of submitting ourselves under God's authority. But when we do that, we resist the devil. We can resist the devil. We can tell the devil what to do and where to go, and he will flee. He will flee. It makes sense. So there's just two different approaches here. Man, God is in control, and we submit a request, but the devil, we just tell him what to do. I think we get, we get those wrong sometimes. We try to tell God what he needs to do for us. And then we just plead with the devil to lead us alone, and that's just not the way it goes. Here's your fill-in. When it comes to God our Father, we should humbly submit our request. And when it comes to the devil, our enemy, we should demand that he leave. We can receive more good gifts when we, uh, first of all, remember who's in charge. Remember that. Here's our second point. We can all receive more good, good gifts from God when we move our feet. Move our feet. I almost call this point, get off our butts. But we're in church, so I didn't want to say that. So, <laughs> But you might want to write that down in the margin a little bit. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. You know, we just, we just read this and we just kind of move on to the next verse. I don't know about you, but that's what I do. But I, I got to sit on this this week and it reminded me of the game hide and seek, right? We've all played that game. We know how it works. The person hiding, you know, closes their eyes, starts to count, and then the people, the person who's seeking does that. The people, person who's hiding takes off, you know, they all run around the room and they go hide. And after they count to 100, what do they say? Let me say it again. After they count to 100, what do they say? Yeah, we played this game. Ready or not, here I come. And then they get up off the couch or get out of their corner and they move their feet, right? They go seeking the people who were hiding. Now, if they stayed on the couch, that's a different game, all right? 
And that's called sit and seek or sit and find. It's a little bit different. You know, at the end of 100, you say, ready or not, come show yourself to me. You know, and the game's not very popular. People don't like to play it. You know, this doesn't work very well. Hide and seek. Here's the, the definition of seek. Go to, go in search of, look for, try to discover, to make an attempt. It's to go after. Right? It's just seek and you will find. Seeking implies effort and movement. And it means that we're going to have to leave where we're at to go to somewhere new. Seekers don't expect everything to come to them. They don't expect to be served in that way. They go out and go after what they're looking for. So what are some things that we can seek from God? Well, we can seek help. We can seek comfort. We can seek wisdom and direction. We can seek healing. We can seek new gifts of the Spirit. And most importantly, we can seek the presence of God. Because if we want these things in our life, we've got to get off our butts spiritually. We have to go after them. We have to seek them out. They require action on our part, but the good news is that they are available. They are available. Here's just three scriptures. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And then Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. So guys, we, if you've been a follower of Jesus for more than a day, um, you've realized that there are spiritual ups and downs, right? There are those times when, man, we feel like God is right there with us. He's right beside us. And then there are times where like, I just feel completely alone. That's just part of our spiritual journey. Some of you might be in one of those seasons right now where you're just feeling like God is not there. You don't know where he is or haven't felt his presence. But scripture says that he is to be found. He is available when we seek after him. So here's a question to ask yourself today. Am I willing to leave where I'm at to find him? Am I willing to leave my friends to find God? Am I willing to leave my habits to find God? Am I willing to leave my Netflix series to find God? 
If you need healing, are you, are you willing to come up after church and let somebody pray for you? If you need wisdom, are you willing to actually take time to ask a spiritual mentor in your, your life? And if we want more of God's presence, are we willing to go after it and leave our homes to find it? I want to brag a little bit on our, our young adult group. This is our age group after high school and not yet 30 years old. Um, they meet here at the church every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. But uh, we came early. Uh, we were here around 6 o'clock. And uh, I took a photo, this picture here, of a parking lot of what it looked like at 6 o'clock. Because those are all young adult vehicles. And I came inside here, and there is, I don't know, 10, 12 young adults who were here practicing worship, learning to do sound, learning to do media, and some were just hanging out. But they came an hour early to church because they're hungry. I mean, they, they're seeking out community. They're seeking out the presence of God. They're seeking out significance by serving and being with other people. I mean, I just love that. I love that. Guys, we can learn from our young adults. And obviously, they can learn from us too, right? <laughs> so that's a question. Are you, are you willing to leave the comfort of your bed a little bit early to go read your Bible a little bit longer? Or maybe come to church a little bit earlier on a Sunday just to be here. By the way, we start praying for the service at 8.30. So you're welcome to join us over here in the team room at 8.30 and just help us pray. <laughs> we have a worship night coming up here. I think it's next month. Is that right, Will? The 16th? And uh, are you willing to, to leave the comfort of your Friday night and just go be in the presence of God? Even if you don't like to sing, you can just come and stand there or sit there and be in God's presence. I'm not supposed to tell you about this yet, but on Tuesday nights, we're relaunching our prayer room. So every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, there's a group of about a dozen of us who are learning how to sit in the presence of God. It's been really good. We're officially launching that this fall. But if you want to come early, you're welcome. <laughs> Just so you know. I'm not going to turn someone away who says, I just want to seek the presence of God, and I just want to sit in his presence. Come out. You're welcome. Is that all right? Okay, yes, you're welcome. <laughs> God, guys, God is available to be found. Seek. 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 That's our second point, is just to move your feet. And the last point here, be rather quick, um, but I wanted to add it because I wanted to talk about knocking. It says, when we can all receive more good gifts from God when we exercise some patience. 
Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So I was just asking God, what do you want to say to us this week about knocking? So we all know what knocking is, right? You go up to a door, knock on it to announce your presence. That's what we're doing, right? We're announcing our presence that we are there. And then secondly, we're hoping that this door will be open for us, right? That's, that's the goal. If you ever knock on a door, what's the goal? The goal is that the door opens. So the scripture says that we should knock when it comes to God. We should knock and then let the door be opened for us. There is some patience implied between knocking and opening, right? There's some patience implied in that. Now, I'm not a very patient person. For those of you that know me, I may knock once, open the door, and say, I'm here. I mean, that's kind of, that's my approach if I knock at all. That's not what God is saying. Jesus says, knock and the door will be open for you. Knocking is our way, our way of knocking is praying, okay? It's praying, it's asking God, it's, it's knocking. And uh, in a few weeks, we're going to do a message specifically on prayer. Um, so you'll definitely want to be here for that message. But we pray and then we wait, okay? And then we knock again, and we, and we wait. That's how we're supposed to approach God. So many of us, we don't wait for God to answer the door, so we bust a door open that wasn't supposed to be open for us. Or we just move on down. You ever done that? Like somebody knocks on your door, and then by the time you get to the door, they're already driving away. You ever seen that? Like, hey, I'm here. We can knock on the door and say, God, I want this, and then we just move on to another, another door. The scripture says we're supposed to knock, and then we're supposed to wait, and then God will open the doors that are supposed to be open. He will, and he will keep the doors closed that are supposed to be closed. And many times, God's timing is not like ours. <laughs> I don't know that God's timing is ever like mine. I mean, just be honest. Let's just be honest. I don't know if his timing is, is like ours at all. God's ways are not like our ways. But if we knock and we make our requests known to God and we submit them to him humbly, I mean, and then we wait, he will open the doors that need to be opened. We can trust that. He's a good, good father. And, the, and when that door is open, Scripture says it's a good gift. It's a good gift. When he opens the door, that's a good gift. And when he keeps one closed, that's a good gift. I think of so many knocks that I have done in my life where God just kept that door closed. And I'm so thankful today for that. Romans 8.25 says, But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Psalms 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And Isaiah 40, verse 31 in the King James, which is how I learned it, says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
Let's be patient on God. But let's keep knocking. Let's keep knocking. Let's make our requests known to God. Let's humbly submit them to him. I'm going to end today's message with a uh, quote from an old 80s Christian rock song. The band's name is Petra. This is your fill-in. Three of us know this song. (laughs) Song is more power to you. Good things come to them that wait, not to those who hesitate. So hurry up and wait upon the Lord. I love the last part of that. Hurry up and wait. Guys, let's let's seek God. Let's make a request known. Let's let's petition God through prayer. Let's knock on the door. Let's hurry up and do those things. But then let's wait. Let's wait for those good gifts that God has for us. Lyndon, go ahead and come on up here. Thanks, Clint. Wow, my heart's pounding. That's good. Um, so Will is going to get ready here to play a song, sing a song for us, and it's an awesome song. Many of us have heard it. It's called Run to the Father. But before he starts singing that, so what's on your heart today? What's God telling you? I feel like um, we need to move our feet. I feel like some of us in here have been failing to seek God and ask God and go, go to the Father, run to the Father and ask Him and present to Him your needs, your requests. So I'm asking myself, why, why am I not doing that? Why are we not doing that? I said, God, what's, what's in our hearts that's keeping us from doing that? And some reasons that He gave me was pride. If you're not seeking God in your life because of pride, you need to stop. Don't let that get in your way. Maybe the reason is laziness. Or point number two, move your feet. Get off your butts. Another reason that he gave me was fear. Maybe someone in here is afraid to hear what God has to say to you. Or maybe it's a a lack, last one was lack of patience. Maybe you've given up waiting to hear God's answer. Clint talked about God's timing is, yeah, I agree. It's hardly, when is it the same as our timing? So, and maybe there's another reason too, but I believe God will put it on your heart. If you need to be seeking him and there's something that's stopping you from seeking God today, when Will is playing this song, and it's an awesome song, again, it's, it's talking about running to the Father again and again and again. And if you're, if you're feeling this morning that, yeah, that's me. I've been lacking in my seeking of God. Remember Proverbs 8, 17 says, those who seek me, find me. (laughs) The game of hide and seek doesn't work if you're just 
waiting for people to come reveal them. I mean, go seek after that person. So this morning, during this song, take your time. Uh, be asking God, hey, is this me? Uh, if it's you, don't, don't sit there. I want you to move your feet this morning and come up front. And just as an act of running to the Father this morning and seeking Him with all your heart. And just, and when you're up here, we're going to be just worship along with the song. And some of us will be praying over you during that time. Okay, if you want to kneel up front, great. If you want to stand, if you want to lay down, what do you want to do, whatever. But make it your act of seeking God this morning and running to the Father. So Will is going to play. And again, during his time of playing and singing, if that's you, act. That's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.